Welcome to the podcast by Pleasant Valley, where we talk about biblical truth, address your questions, and seek to help you fall deeper in love with Jesus. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast by Pleasant Valley. I'm your host, Caleb Eisler. And for this week's podcast, we're going to listen into a conversation I had with Whitney Putnam about the topic, A Big Happy Life. If you know Whitney at all, you know that she exudes happiness. But this happiness didn't come from easy seasons, but actually it came from seasons that God led her into that that were incredibly hard. And and this topic of happiness is a big one to her. She hosts a podcast entitled A Big Happy Life, which we encourage all folks listening to check out. In this conversation, we talk about Whitney's story to, to this understanding and emphasis on happiness. But also we talk about how we can find joy and happiness in everyday things, including talking through how do we as Christians think through the topic of happiness, which is so often leaned on by folks in prosperity gospel circles. And we dispel the myths and the rumors about how actually Orthodox Christians can have deep, deep joy and happiness in their own lives without falling into the temptations of the prosperity gospel. Listen in to this conversation with Whitney, and I pray that you would walk away with a smile on your face and with a new emphasis on happiness and joy in your own life. With that being said, let's dive into the conversation. Whitney, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast. For today's conversation, I wanted to talk about something I know is a huge passion for you, and it's a big one for me as well, the topic of happiness. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, that can be a big topic, but that has totally different meanings to people. Mm -hmm. And so I want us to flush that out in a conversation, pray that this would be encouragement to people. But in order to begin, I think it'd be helpful for people to think through this idea of your ministry, the big happy life. And all you've done with that and where your passion came from in that. So tell us a little bit of your story and where your passion for this idea of a big, happy life came from. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking, Caleb. I'm so glad to be here. And, you know, um, happiness is a loaded word mm-hmm. for us. And I think it's a loaded word for us as Christians. And I have been a believer since I was a little sixth grader when I came to know Jesus in California. Um And I will say this, I do think this is important to note. I am bent toward happiness. I am more of an eternal optimist. That is um, pretty natural for me. I know that not everybody has that bend. And I think that's beautiful. God gives us each different bends. And I hope that um, you get to kind of claim that as who you are. Um, But I also know that God said, I have come so that they might have abundant life or life better than they ever dreamed of Um, and that there is a real enemy out there that's trying to steal kill and destroy this abundant life that Jesus Jesus came to give us but I have to tell you those are really pretty words to put on a coffee mug and have on our walls or maybe a t-shirt but happiness and I'm happy Caleb like I'm a happy person. Yeah, if you can't see right now, her, her smile is beaming. So yeah, I believe Yeah, I'm a really happy person, um, but my happiness is not pinned to my circumstances. Um, and so just, I'll just share a little story. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, Big Happy Life actually was birthed out of my hardest season. And for about three years, uh, well, it started about seven years ago, but the intense years were three years. Um, my mom was very, very sick. My mom was diagnosed with a disease called corticobasal syndrome. Not many people have even heard of that because right now in the United States of America, only 2000 people have corticobasal syndrome. That means my high school in San Antonio, Texas, 
um, was 4,000 students, so less than half of my high school in the entire United States are cortical basal um, patients. And the disease is cruel. All diseases are cruel. This disease had a certain cruelty to it. My mom became a stranger to me. So my mom was like, okay, I have to tell you this. My mom was like the mommest mom. Like when you <laughs> went to, okay, we're, my mom packed me a lunch to school every day. Did you go to school with packed lunches or did you buy school lunch? Oh, it, 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 I did school lunch usually, but when my mom would pack lunch, it was always a treat. It's like the best, right? Yeah. Okay, so my mom, I can recall her, oh, getting up in the morning. She would get out of the paper bag. She would pack us each, my sister and my brother and myself, a bag lunch. She would put a note in it. Final day of senior year, I'm walking to school with a bag lunch from my mom. I mean, my mom was just like, mom she was like the mommest mom and i could call her for everything and so when she started getting sick and she started becoming a stranger it was just it felt cruel and terrible and and the hardest part was that she um never lost her memory so in no way is it like dementia although what a hard terrible disease but instead, she knew who her family, she knew all of us, and she was a different human. So that was painful. And then on top of that, the left side of her body just, the best way for me to describe it is that it like got frozen. It was frozen. And so her little hands curled in and her wrists curled in and her elbow curled in and her toes would claw up and then she would almost, on really bad days, she would bend forward. Her body, she was not in control of her body at all anymore. And so all the while, you can imagine, Jesus, why are you doing this? How could you do this? This is not supposed to be in our story. She's supposed to be my, a grandma to my kids and flying out here and going to lunch with me and not my story, Caleb. And um, there was just so much grief and so many questions. And I want to say this to listeners, if you've had anything hard, which if you're coming off of 2020, there was something hard. I know that. Um, but if you're coming off of something hard, I want to suggest that if you haven't done this already, tell God how hard it was or is and let him into that conversation. I, <clears throat> I yelled at God, you guys. I remember I was on a bike, a cycling bike, and I was um, by myself, fortunately. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> and I just yelled at the top of my lungs, like, how could this be happening, God? I was so sad and angry. And here's the beautiful thing about God. Whenever you get sad and angry at him, he never takes a step away from you. He only takes a step towards you. That's so not human, Caleb. Oh my gosh, I hate to admit it, but when I get angry, I like want to go retreat to my room and go away from the situation. God never goes away from our situations. He never takes a step away from you when you're angry at him. He only steps towards you. And so God kept stepping toward me in this season, um, which was just beautiful. My mom went to heaven in, um, in February of this year, and I got to be by her side. And Caleb, she is happy in heaven and then on top of that so that was just intense on top of that um we were going through just really like as a couple my husband and i my husband's name is michael he is darling and amazing and i love being married to him 
And we were struggling with what do we want to be when we grow up? And it was hard and we needed counseling and we needed to get on the same page. And it just felt like we were like stumbling over each other. And he went to a counselor and I went to a counselor and we went to marriage counseling together. And um, there were days, I believe in being honest, there were days that I would never have wanted to like leave forever, but I just wanted to get on an airplane and go to the beach by myself and just be away from it all. And um, you know what? God kept meeting me in that and in all my tears of that. And so there was just, and on top of that, it's important to note this. It's actually, I don't think we like to talk about it as much. It might feel taboo, but I think it's important. Jesus talked about it a lot. Financially, we were struggling like crazy. Um, we, Michael ended up taking on an extra job unloading boxes at Kohl's. And he actually loved that job because he could just like get up and unload boxes and then be done. Um, so he was doing that. And I picked up a second job or raising three babies. Um, and if you've ever been in a season like that, it is exhausting. So there was like these three braids. My mom being really sick, kind of crisis identity. Who are we? What are we going to do with our lives? And then just this financial piece that just was hard. So why would abundance come out of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Jesus is the abundant life. Like that sounds so little girlish. Um, but I, the one thing that remained consistent in that, Caleb, was that I, I got up and I met with Jesus every morning. And I asked him in to stay with me for the rest of the day, which he does, but I walk away from him. Um, and he was faithful to that. He was my anchor through that season. He is what brought me joy in that season, um, happiness in that season, unexpected surprises in that season. Um, I honestly think that the road of pain and suffering is actually God's way of opening up his arms to us and saying, come and walk in the abundant life with me. Hmm. I really do. Um, and so it's weird how we complicate that, but I think that that is God's way of saying, get real close to me, come in real close to me because everything that I have is good. And I can attest to that. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. So, out of that, when did you first have the idea to really think through this idea of the big happy life? Um, yeah. So coming out on the heels of that story, um, and I know you have a podcast now, so yeah. this is not your only time in front of a microphone. No. But when did that idea come? Yeah, so I actually have a really sweet friend. She's an author friend. A big shout out to Lisa Whittle. <laughs> I love you so much. She just came out with a book called Jesus Over Everything, which I can get down with that statement. And she called me one day and she said, I really need you to consider doing a podcast called, well, not called anything, consider doing a podcast, which here's the beauty. Let's just talk about that for a second. When someone calls you and says, I see you doing something good. Let's talk about that. Let's invest in that. Let's, let me come alongside you in that. Like we don't do enough calling out people's good traits in them. And so maybe call out someone's good trait this week, but she called me and said, Hey, you should do this. You're good at talking to people, which like, yes, you know, to have a skill, Let's, I want to be good at talking to people. So anyway, as we talked about, as my friend Lisa and I talked about that, she said, here's the deal, Whitney. Here's the best way to start thinking through what you want to talk about for a long time. 
right? Because this is, when you start a podcast, like you're going to talk about that for a long time, okay? And so um, you tend to think about these things like, what do I want to talk about for a long time? And Lisa said, and this is really sweet of her, but I'm going to say it out loud, right? Because also I don't think we tend to take on compliments. I've learned this, Caleb. This is interesting. We actually take in negativity within four seconds, three or four seconds, I forget. But we, it takes 14 seconds to take in something positive. Okay? So I'm going to be brave and I'm going to say this out loud. It's really hard for me. But she said, when I see you, Whitney, I actually see happiness and joy in your life. I see the abundant life of Christ in you. That's hard for me to say, but I'm going to claim it, right? Because yeah. we should claim the good things that people speak over us. God only has good things to speak over you. And so... So she was honestly my catalyst as we started exploring that. We were like, oh my gosh, this topic is so evergreen because God is in every single thing, in parenting, in marriage, in our work life, in working out, in every little thing. It should always lead to abundance. When we start dealing with a scarcity mindset or shame or spin cycles that are overwhelm and anxiety, that's our clue that that is not Jesus road for us. And that can be through, again, parenting, marriage, work, working out, everything. When we start sitting in those cycles, that's not Jesus' way. But there's an abundant life pathway in parenting, marriage, work life, working out, everything. It's just two different, very different roads. But like the path to Jesus and every one of those topics is a full life. That is so good. And for, for those of you that don't know Whitney, maybe this is your first time hearing from her. If you were to follow her on social media, what you find is she lives this out authentically. And um, we, we actually didn't know each other very well. This is before this podcast was one of our first times really just sitting down and talking for a little bit. And <clears throat> I've seen her live out just everything she's putting on social media. Um, it's not a facade. And so I just think one of the things I've appreciated is even just hearing her story, and I pray you would appreciate too, is this idea of abundance doesn't have to look like material wealth or just perfect comfort all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's this comfort in who Jesus is. Yeah. Now he's I, it. He is yeah. it. Like he is it. And Caleb, I don't hear audible. I have never heard the audible voice of God. Every morning I'm like, today's the day, God. <laughs> yeah. Today's the day. Like today is the day that you are going to show me the He it is never that way. But it is always like wonder and awe and glory and I can't believe I know God. The thing that I actually tell myself, and we need to know this very human side of me. I am, okay, I am an eternal optimist and I am a morning person. So those of you that are like, oh, I'm kind of not an eternal optimist and I'm not a morning person. I hear you. I get that. There's not a magical time of the day. I just do think there's something to be said about getting your mindset the right at the very beginning. But I will say this. When I get out of bed in the morning, I am tired. Like, I am a tired human. I have these three... Very cute, but very exhausting children. And But what I say as I roll out of bed this mor- in the mornings is um, I get to meet with the God of the universe. And that helps me reorient my brain to him. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've mentioned the words abundance and happiness, you know, kind of big, happy, abundant life and all those things. And I can imagine that someone listening might say, Okay, but if we're honest, those sound like almost prosperity gospel totally. categories. I, you know, yeah. they, they might say, okay, in this moment, I am living through a lot of pain, or maybe I just lost a job, mm-hmm. or I had a loved one that passed away mm-hmm. from COVID, or something like that. And they can be wondering, how, how can you how can you say that? 
Now, I know that you don't mean anything in a prosperity sense by that word, but maybe flush out for our listeners the distinction. Caleb, this is my favorite question I think I've ever been asked. I think it is so good. There's so many good underpinnings to it. Um, But I would, this is why. This is why God gives us abundant life even in our pain. Because God wants you to literally pick up whatever that hard thing is. Like, maybe you lost your job in 2020, or maybe finances got really tight, or maybe there was family strife. I mean, like, right? The list is really long from 2020. I don't, like, we'll never, ever, the list is exhaustive. But here's why it's abundant with Jesus. Because he's not saying, lay that down. He's saying, pick it up, put it real close to your heart, and like, weep over it and cry over it and be really sad about it. And then let me in to that conversation. He's not saying toss it out the window, like the world and self-help. It's like, Oh, put that on the shelf or, you know, that's not really affecting you. No, Jesus is saying, pick up the pain, hold it super close, like feel the weight of all that pain. And then I want you to know that in this world, there will be pain, but take heart because I have overcome the world and I am inside of you. When we get to reorient our brain to God, the Holy Spirit, pulsing through our veins, healing that pain inside of us, that is a game changer. But I think so often we're like, I can't feel that pain as a good Christian. Like I have to deny that pain as a good Christian. I have to You know, if that relationship isn't immediately reconciled, reconciliation can look a thousand different ways. But I think so often we're like, oh, it it doesn't look like perfect. But instead, Jesus says, hold it close, weep over it, and then take on my yoke of peace and joy and life. That, to me, is like, that's good. That's good. That's Jesus. That's who Jesus is. He's not saying just toss it out the window and pretend like it didn't happen. The world wants to say that. It did happen to us. We should feel it. And we have the healer of the world, the God who designed every little intricate star that's saying, I care so much about that pain. Let me heal it for you. Yeah, that's so good. And I think in many ways what we find is like, so in Romans 8, Paul will say that the suffering we encounter in this world, it will be worth it for the joy that will be to come. So... Just as what you're saying is none, none of this big happy life or abundance no. is to the exclusion of pain. We're not saying, we're not trying to whitewash that, but to say that yes. actually in many ways our deep joy comes from deep pain. It does. Our deep joy comes from deep pain. And I mean, like, Paul is the best example. My husband and I were just talking about this this morning. You know, he rejoiced. I'll say it again, rejoice. He's penning it in prison. And I think, you know, I think some of this, one thing I do like a help, let's say it's a help, our eternal perspective of glory, like, I don't even think, Caleb, we have one iota of an idea of what it's going to be like. It's going to be, it's like, we have zero idea. I think that when I read Paul, he had such a hope of heaven, and he knew he had work to do on earth, and, not but, and he had, he had such hope in heaven. I want that. I want glory to just be so, feel like such a reward. And quite honestly, sometimes I don't think we think about glory enough. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Yeah. And I, I think even just further in the conversation, like what you're saying is Jesus talks about in John 17 that he wants us to experience his joy, 
that he has had in the Father. And this idea that God didn't need us, he didn't have to create us, he was was perfectly content and joyful in himself. Yeah, he was. And so when he creates us, there's this beauty that he's inviting us into the same joy he's had forever. And I I think sometimes we can view God as this kind of dogmatic and legalistic being who is joyless and kind of static when in fact... He's this overabundance of joy in who he is. So one of my, that's such a good point. One of my favorite books of all times, it has never gotten a lot of press. It's by Megan Hill. She works at the Gospel Coalition. It's called Praying Together. And she talks about the beauty of the Godhead talking when we enter into prayer with them. She talks about how um, we enter, this is like one of my favorite phrases in the world. We enter into a heavenly conversation when we start praying to God. And then this whole thought, I mean, I'm going to say it in my own terms, but this is what Megan is presenting. She says, you know, literally that you have, you have Jesus who is, when we pray, when we utter words to God, and that doesn't, again, have to be on our knees. Like this is me at the kitchen sink. This is me driving in my car. When I pray, Jesus begins to whisper in God's ear, she's ours. God, she's ours. She's ours. My blood is covering her because Jesus is our intercessor. And God, the father, then at that moment is claiming me as his child. She is ours. Like this one is ours. And then God, the Holy Spirit is then literally entering into the situation, wanting to provide counsel to me in that moment. Like that's prayer. That's me in a conversation with God. It is mind blowing. But, um, you know, like, we get to do that all the time if we want. We get to enter into that conversation. If that doesn't bring you any kind of happiness, that the God of the universe wants to have that kind of communication with you, like, man, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we've talked about this in, in different ways, but maybe to make it even more explicit, how has the gospel fueled your passion for happiness and joy? How do you think the gospel factors into that whole conversation? Yeah. I mean, he, okay, Here, here's the practical because Matt Chandler would call, would call it this way. He's a pastor at the Village Church. I think, and myself very, very much included, I get very much caught up in a lifestyle of God participating with me. Hmm. Okay? Like, God, come join my to-do list today. This is a good one. I wrote a good one for us today. Come join it. Whereas I think there's this radical life out there of um, actually us participating with God. And... This is like, we don't like talking about this because it's ultra scary. So I'm with you in the scariness. Um, But I honestly think the greatest adventure and where we start experiencing the most joy is when we start sharing the glory of God everywhere to everyone. And you know what? We might become the awkward kid in the lunchroom. Hmm. And that's okay. But I think that's where the gospel gets real good. Because we can get real, like, heady with all of our knowledge, and we can get real fat with all of our, you know, things. And that's all good. Like, we need to learn and study. The adventure of the gospel is getting outside your door and getting outside the books and going to go love your neighbor and getting smaller and getting lower and serving and saying his name out loud. That's the hardest part for me, Um, saying his name out loud and telling a world that Jesus loves them. That is when the gospel gets good. I think that Paul, like he just lived that so well. His life was an adventure. I'm wondering if we're all just a little bored with our Christian lives, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Be it, but when the gospel gets good, I think it's when we're sharing it. Yeah, that's so good. 
So as we think through what it means to have a faith-filled happiness, mm-hmm. how can we be on the lookout for ways that we might be having kind of a shallow happiness or a fake happiness without realizing it? Oh, man, that's so good. What a good question. I would say, okay, you know what? I'm actually going to – can I flip that for a yeah. second? I'm going to tell you, I really like my new blue velvet couch, Caleb. (laughs) I really like it a lot. And I really like going to Target, and I really like buying, um, like, the sticker nails. Ladies, if you are not doing the sticker nails on your nails at Target for $7, I'm going to save you $30 of a manicure and tell you it is way better, okay? Um, I really like those things. I really like... um, my new wallpaper, it's making me really happy. Um, and then those things fail me so fast. Because turns out my kids write on couches. <laughs> and it turns out sticky nails peel off. And it turns out, you know, all the, all the, uh, this is not for the boys out there, sorry guys. But all the beauty treatments and all the things, you still get wrinkles. Um, we are finite humans. We are finite humans (laughs) and we were not supposed to save the world or be the most beautiful by the age of 80. Like if you, that's not real, that's not a real thing guys. Um, those are not fulfilling. So a word that I speak. So, so the opposite of that is Jesus is the only fulfillment and The word that I use to describe that, my favorite word right now, probably in all the dictionary, is satisfaction, to have, to feel satisfied, not gorged, not even like a little bit hungry, but like to feel deeply satisfied. That is what Jesus does in our bones. You might feel gorged when you buy the blue velvet couch and it makes you really happy or the new artwork. Or the new, I don't know, guys, what do you, like, watch a football game? I don't even know, guys. (laughs) But um, when you walk this road with Jesus, you'll begin to sense that, like, this is a deep, satisfying feeling. And I even, Caleb, when I'm walking with Jesus and I feel like there is something, like, a journey or something that I'm on or we are walking with together, me and Jesus, Um, I almost let him whisper in my ear, like, well done. Mm. To feel that sense of satisfaction in that moment. He's not, like, like the couch, yeah, it's pretty, but it doesn't, like, get to reflect all of God's glory. So it's just that little deep satisfaction and well done, Whitney. That's so good. It makes me think of the John Piper quote that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And uh, that word is good. I don't, I can't explain it, but like literally when I say it, it almost feels like there's a grounding that happens in my body when I say that word, like, or like a grounding or like my friend Andrea says, like something's bubbling up in your body that it's filling up your whole body to capacity. Like that's how that word feels to me. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so good. So final two questions. Uh, First, what for you uh, would be some practical tips you would have for listeners to fight for joy, fight for happiness? Mm -hmm. Uh, as they're trying to take in your wisdom from the podcast. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm going to say this, and you're going to think, gosh, I've tried that. Stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Um, I am a big proponent of um, the Psalms. If I'm not reading something, um, I just read a Psalm a day. 
And a lot of times I will just like meditate on one word from that Psalm. Um, I just meditate on one word, right? Because I'm a finite person and I can't actually take in all the grandeur from an entire Psalm, but I can maybe take one word. And so open his word and just remember like the last thing that I want is that to be a task. Um, but the God of the universe wants to meet you there. And so that's really, really fun guys. And then the other is ask God to open your eyes to awe and wonder. Caleb, I know you love sunrises and sunsets. Um, I think it's literally all around us. And so I'm asking, I'm like actually begging God lately. I've been like, okay, God, like open my eyes today. I want to see things that I've never seen before. And not only just that, but I want to find the joy in like, my daughter's eyes and a hug from my husband and the tiny miracles that I just miss all the time. And so I'm constantly asking God to just fill me with awe and wonder. I think that it gets tricky. I've tried before to like write down my three gratitudes and I've tried that and I failed at that, but I have asked God to show me and I feel like I keep seeing it more and more. That's good. Yeah. So final question. Um, what are some resources people can turn to as they want to think through that you have a faith-filled, big, happy life? Now, obviously, one would be your podcast, um, and the the name, the, the idea is just in the title. But um, any any books or other podcasts or resources that you would you would have for them to think through? Yeah, that is really good. So there is there's a couple of resources out there. The Happy Life by Derwin Gray. He's a pastor. It's really excellent. He actually. Listeners may or may not know this, but the Beatitudes in some translations says, blessed are those who mourn or, you know, fill in the blank. A lot of us know that version, but actually other versions say happy are those who mourn or happy are those who go and serve. And so um, he has an entire book on the Beatitudes about happiness. Um, Gosh, I'm going to say this and I don't know the author of it, but there's a book out there that says, does God want? you to be happy and that book has helped me so much and then another one this doesn't have happy in the title but this is a john mark comer book it's called garden city and in this book he really encapsulates that how god made you um and when we get to delight in how god made us in the story from literally the first word of genesis when we begin to delight in god's story of he actually created us to rule and reign over the universe when we begin to understand that, it changes the way it that changes the way I wake up. I want to go and cultivate the earth differently because I know that's what God's original design. Um, so, Garden City by Joe Markomer is a really good one too. Yeah, that's so good. There are two books that come to mind for me that just to even oh, kind of yeah. apply to this is one would be the book called The Pleasures of God by John Piper. I have to pick this one up. Yeah. I'm so excited. It is basically it's a book about um, meditating on God's delight in being God, and it takes. 10 different things that God takes pleasure in, takes joy in, mm-hmm. and helps us find joy in those things as well. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is a book, it's a prayer book called Every Moment Holy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is just really good about taking little things like your morning coffee or dropping the kids off at school and these little kind of what seem like mundane moments of life. And it's these meditations and prayers mm-hmm. where you can find holiness and beauty in those things. And for me, that helps me find contentment in the little mundane things as well. Awesome. Whitney, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Listeners, be sure to check out her podcast, and uh, we look forward to having her back soon. Thanks. Thanks. 
Thank you for joining us for the podcast by Pleasant Valley. If you want to hear more from us, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, pleasantvalley.org. God bless.